0: You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Herisdulu. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Herisdulu and today as we do every Thursday, we are diving into picks for week number 5 of the NFL. We're currently sitting at a 38 and 26 record. Remember, I'm just picking winners and losers here. I am by no means a betting expert. I just like making picks and chatting with you all about the upcoming games each and every week. So we're diving right into it, beginning with tonight's Thursday night matchup here, starting off with the Chicago Bears taking on the Washington Commanders. This one's going to be in Washington. It's on Amazon Prime. And remember, everybody, Thursday Night Football, you can watch for free on Twitch. You don't even need Amazon Prime. So if you don't have Prime, don't worry about it. Just watch it on Twitch. But this is a matchup of two teams that have some pretty poor defenses here. Both teams averaging over 30 points a game allowed. The commanders sitting at exactly 30 with the Bears at 34. So. What I'm looking at this here, I saw the over-under in this game was set at 45 and a half, and I kind of think that's a little bit low. And like I said, not a betting expert, but for two teams that are averaging a combined what looks like 64 points altogether, I think 40, 44 and a half is a little bit low. The commanders have shown some pretty good offense, and it took a pretty poor defense to get the absolute best out of Chicago here. So if I was a betting person, 44 and a half kind of seems like something that they could definitely jump over. Now, as for the actual matchup itself though the way I look at this here like I said you have two teams that are just not be they're simply not able to stop offenses from getting into the end zone or even just getting into scoring range on top of that both of these teams little bit of a turnover issue more so on the bear side than the commander side I feel like the turnover margin for the commanders is a little bit skewed because of that one four interception game that Sam Howell had so while I look at that and say you know maybe it's not as bad on the commander's end it is something definitely worth keeping an eye on here but I mean both of these defenses don't rank in the top 10 of literally anything and neither do the offenses for that matter so while it could potentially be a slightly lower scoring affair I think with just how poorly some of these defenses have looked in this game I really like like a high scoring affair and I think I'm leaning more towards the commanders than I am the bears in this matchup here simply because the commanders one being at home is a big plus for them but on top of that I just kind of trust their situation a little bit more than I do Chicago right now I picked Chicago to lose last week and the week prior and they got blown out two weeks ago and then somehow managed to fumble away a massive 21 point lead that they had and just at this point, there is so much going wrong in Chicago, I have a hard time buying in on them. So I'll take the Commanders, who had a really hard-fought matchup with the Eagles last week, at home, coming away with a big W, and I have them winning somewhat comfortably 31-20. to I think some of the issues that the Bears are dealing with might creep up again here, because while I did just talk about how I'm not super high on either of the defenses, I do think that... Washington has a better defense than Chicago does, and I could see them giving some issues to the offensive line considering just how good their defensive front is altogether. Next matchup as we move into Sunday's games now, we're looking at the London game here between Jacksonville and Buffalo. This one's going to be at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, so it's not in Wembley this time. The location is moving here, but Buffalo is the home team as they take on the Jaguars, who have been in the area now for two weeks because they played last week as well against Atlanta. When I look at this game here, you have Buffalo that's coming in as hot as could be. They completely slaughtered everyone's favorite team in the AFC last week, the Miami Dolphins. Their defense looks unbelievable. They are second in points allowed at just under 14 points a game, and they are second in points forced at just under 35. The Bills have everything going for them right now on both offense and defense. They did just lose Tredavious White this past week to injury. However, Von Miller's talking about potentially playing in this game, and if he's coming back, that would be massive for a secondary that just lost one of their best defensive backs. Whereas when you look at Jacksonville, they've been kind of a mixed bag so far this season. I feel like they have some good wins, but they have some bad losses as well, where either their offense just completely was sleepwalking or it was just turnover central and mistakes preventing them from being able to pull out a victory where I think they should have, especially in like like the game against the Texans comes to mind here. However, I do think that there is a possible route that the Jaguars could take, and that's going to be controlling possession and running the football. I think if you can limit the amount of possessions that the Bills wind up getting here and take control of the game early, the Jaguars do have a shot. And on top of that, they've been in London now for the last couple of weeks, whereas Buffalo's coming over. Obviously, the travel schedule is something to think about here. But Something tells me that Buffalo, with just the amount of talent they have and the way they are playing, I know week one was a really ugly loss for them, but since then, it's been like a complete 180, and this isn't even the same team as the Buffalo Bills that we saw in week one. Josh Allen is on fire. Stefan Diggs is coming off a three-touchdown game. I mean, they are just absolutely rolling right now, whereas with the Jacksonville Jaguars, like I said, kind of a mixed bag and don't really know if I can buy in on them in this game here against the Buffalo Bills, so I am going to go with Buffalo. I have them winning. The game 29 to 22, so somewhat of a de- decisive affair. It's going to be, you know, a one-possession game or so is kind of how I'm looking at it here. But I do really like Buffalo in this game. Next, we start moving into the early window, 1 o'clock games for Sunday, and we start off with the Houston Texans taking on the Atlanta Falcons here. A Falcons team that is 2-0 at home, but we have ourselves a Houston Texans team now that is kind of surprising some people with their production to this point. CJ Stroud is on a tear right now, having one of the better rookie performances in NFL history right now, and off to a strong start of the year. No interceptions, 300 yards passing, game after game after game. I believe he just came off of three touchdowns last week. If I'm remembering the stat line correctly, he has looked really, really good and has been a real steady hand for what is a very young Texans team from the coaching staff over to the actual player personnel as well. Two things that I'm looking at here that I will be interested in watching and what kind of leads me towards giving the Texans the edge in this game here is going to be that the Atlanta Falcons, for what it's worth, all the talent that they have have just not been able to move the football through the air. They are 32nd in the NFL right now in passing yards at only 156 a game, which is awful, especially when you consider you have Bijan Robinson, who came in to be a not only a strong running back, but a receiving threat out of the backfield as well. You have a guy like Kyle Pitts. You have Drake London. There is a lot of talent in that offense, but Desmond Ritter has been struggling, and the offensive line on top of that, which was, in my opinion, supposed to be a strength coming into this season, has really kind of let them down in terms of protecting Desmond Ritter so it's been giving him some issues here and on top of that you look at on the flip side of things Houston Texans have not necessarily been great at stopping the run they have been really good against the pass They're the ninth best passing defense in the nfl but when it comes to stopping the run they're all the way at 19 they're allowing up just over 115 yards a game right now whereas the atlanta falcons they love running the football like i talked about with Bijan robinson being there tyler algier and cordell patterson you have yourself a trio of backs that can do some damage on the ground if given the opportunity so i definitely think there's like some strengths and weaknesses on both sides of the ball for this team for both of these teams in this game here but i do like I said, kind of lean towards the Houston Texans here, and I think I'm going to take them with a big upset victory here. Atlanta obviously being favored at home here in this game. They are 2-0 at home as well, but Houston, they're split 1-1 right now, and I think they're really starting to hit a stride, whereas the offense of Atlanta the last couple of weeks, going up against the Lions and then Jaguars last week, has not really impressed me, whereas I'm completely on the other side with the Texans. Their offense has been really surprising me right now. There's about a 10-point difference in point-per-game average between the Texans offense and the Falcons offense right now so I really really like the Texans in this one I have them winning a tight affair though because the Falcons defense is a pretty solid unit when they're playing well 21 to 19 tighter contest but I think a really exciting one to watch in Atlanta with a big upset at the end Next, we'll dive into Carolina taking on the Detroit Lions. The Lions right now sitting at 1-1 one one at home going up against the Carolina Panthers who couldn't even buy a win if you basically gave them the money to. Uh, right now, when you look at the Detroit Lions, they are just firing on all cylinders at this point here. I definitely think they are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. And offense aside, I'm looking more so at the defense than anything else. That defensive front has been on an absolute tear. And every single week that goes by... Aiden Hutchinson looks more and more like the steal from last year's draft, even though he was the second pick. When it was, you know, a big conversation between him and Trayvon Walker, the Jaguars obviously went with Walker, and then the Lions had Hutchinson fall right in their lap, and why would they say no to the Michigan native? And it has worked out and paid dividends for this defense so far. He has really become an anchor on the edge for this team, rushing the passer and even going up against the run as well. And when you look at the matchup here... Right now the Panthers just offensively with Bryce Young under Center have not been super impressive. They honestly looked better when Andy Dalton was there throwing the football however many times he did. It was like it felt like 40-something passes in that game. It was a vastly different offense with Andy Dalton under Center, and I think right now just Bryce Young is going through the growing pains. The Panthers clearly are identifying a need at wide receiver right now, as it was mentioned this week that they're clearly looking for a number one wide receiver for Bryce Young. So obviously they're aware of the offensive issues right now, but the offensive line hasn't even been great at that. I just have a hard time buying that this Panthers team is going to have a lot of success against a Detroit Lions defense right now that, while maybe they're about average or so against defending the pass, they are the best run defense in the NFL right now, allowing only 60 yards a game on the ground, which is an absurd number when you think about that. So I'm gonna take the Detroit Lions in this victory here. I don't really see how they don't win this matchup. I would honestly be kind of surprised, but you know, crazy things have happened. And for the, those of you that like the betting odd conversation and whatnot, um, one thing that I did look at here with the Lions minus 10, as I mentioned, at length with just the struggles of the Panthers offense while minus 10 seems like a large number that almost seems pretty doable for this Lions team I know like once you start to get into double digits that's where like it kind of gets dicey betting on the spread like that but I could realistically see the Lions kind of putting the hurt on the Carolina Panthers right now they do have a solid defense but they've taken some tough injuries the last few weeks that I think have kind of taken away from the unit and the Lions could definitely look to capitalize here especially coming off of a super physical and impressive performance on the ground last week against the Packers. So give me the Lions. I have them winning 27-13, dominant victory for them. Panthers fall to 0-5 and and continue to work their way towards potentially finding themselves picking within the top three picks of this year's draft. Next matchup we're diving into here is going to be the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts playing in Indy, an AFC South divisional matchup here where you have two teams that um, have been interesting to watch, I would say. Both the Titans and the Colts have had a very weird first four weeks of the season because the Titans as I talked about last week they have been either getting their asses whooped or they have been whooping the asses and then the Indianapolis Colts have been in a situation where they won a game against the Ravens minus Anthony Richardson and then last week ultimately going into overtime and never getting the ball on offense as Matthew Stafford just kind of marched the offense of the Rams down the field for a victory here but the big x factor that I'm looking at in this game here is the potential return of Jonathan Taylor. I am very excited to see that he is back that he's practicing he's talking to the media and it sounds like you know he's willing to play and he's ready to go he mentioned you know that the contract situation was an offseason issue so it sounds like that's at least for the time being put behind I would hope I don't really know but for what it's worth. When Jonathan Taylor is healthy, he is one of the best running backs in the NFL. And I'm really excited for a young quarterback like Anthony Richardson to have somebody like that behind him. And the emergence of Zach Moss in the absence of Jonathan Taylor should really help out this Colts team. And on the flip side, you look at the Titans offensively, a team that's been kind of a mixed bag. The offensive line has played good or not great in games, just depending on the week that it's been and who they've been going against here. They're 23rd in points scored per game, but defensively, they've been able to lock teams down and at least keep the games close. They're the eighth best defense in the NFL in terms of points allowed. So it's a really interesting matchup here and having the fourth best run defense and a returning Jonathan Taylor on the Colts side is going to make for a very interesting matchup between these two teams here. But when I look at not only the addition of Jonathan Taylor and one other thing being that the offensive line play, especially in pass protection for the Titans, has not been stellar, I think the Colts do have a way to win this game. And it's just to really bring that pressure and bring it up front against the offensive line of the Titans. The Colts have blitzed on only 17.2% of dropbacks this year. That is the lowest in the NFL and they have 14 sacks, which is tied for third in the NFL right now. I believe they're tied with the Cowboys. Titans have allowed 16 sacks, which puts them in the top five of the NFL. I definitely think there's a recipe for success for this Colts defense here. And with a returning Jonathan Taylor, this offense could be threatening. I like Indianapolis. I think it's going to be a tight contest. I do not think there is a wide separation between all the teams in the AFC South right now. I do give like a slight edge to the Jaguars just because of the talent on the roster as a whole, but even they've been playing a lot closer than I think their talent is worth compared to the rest of the AFC South. But I have Indianapolis 23 to 21. They get their first home victory and it should be a fun matchup to watch next we look at the New York Giants taking on the Miami Dolphins here and I mean you just have when you look at offensively two teams in completely opposite ends of the spectrum you have the number one scoring offense at 37 and a half points a game in the Miami Dolphins going up against the absolute worst scoring offense in the NFL at 11 and a half points a game in the New York Giants however though And I brought this up not too long ago and I had some Dolphins fans a little upset with me about bringing it up, but it is something that is worth talking about. The Miami Dolphins defense, not quite as good as I think they initially looked coming out of like the Patriots game that they had a couple of weeks ago. They definitely allowed a lot of points against the Chargers had a better game against the Patriots. And since then, I mean, I, yeah, they looked good against the Denver Broncos, but who hasn't? And then kind of fell apart going up against the Buffalo Bills. This is a defense that I think is still sorting itself out. And there was a reason why they brought Jalen Ramsey in there. And not having him right now, I think is kind of hurting the plan that they had defensively for this team. If Jalen Ramsey was in the fold for this team, I think we're looking at a very different Dolphins off, uh, defense. But that is something that is a problem. They're 25th in yards allowed through the air, 22nd in yards allowed on the ground, but they are the best offense in the NFL statistics. So, with that in mind you have a Giants team that just can't really buy a win at this point I know that they are one in three but at this point like it took a miracle comeback and epic collapse by the Cardinals to allow that to happen here I like Miami I think they kind of run away with this game 35 to 20 I don't really think it's going to be close I do think that the Dolphins defense maybe allows the Giants to find some footing but ultimately I just don't see the Giants keeping up with the Dolphins and I don't know if the defensive if, especially if the offense is struggling and they get gassed early is going to be able to slow down this Dolphins offense now we look at the New Orleans Saints heading into the New England Patriots home of Gillette Stadium for this week five matchup here and I've got to say this is probably one of the tougher games for me to pick here because both of these teams are in not so great spots especially offensively the Patriots I would say more so the New Orleans Saints Derek Carr is still dealing with that AC joint issue and I don't think he really looked 100% 100% in last week's matchup I, I and I'm curious to see because we're obviously a Thursday here and so there's a few more days. Do they opt to maybe rest him and not have him start this week or does he wind up being a full go for the game? I don't really know. I make my picks so early that like, you know, I kind of shoot myself in the foot with the injury stuff here, but it is something that is kind of being rolled around in my head as I make these picks here. So I am looking at that, but then you look at the Patriots on the defensive side of things and for as good as the defense has been in the same week, you lose Matthew Judon Premier guy on the edge and on top of that you lose your standout rookie corner christian gonzalez to a season-ending injury and on top of that the secondary is already very depleted with injuries and you have some offensive line concerns as well and the crowd is getting louder and louder about their opinion being negative towards Mac Jones there is a lot going on offensively for the Patriots and as the 30th ranked scoring offense in the NFL you're going up against a top 10 in terms of scoring allowed on defense in the New Orleans Saints it is going to be a tough matchup for the Patriots to win despite it being in Gillette Stadium here I know they traded for JC Jackson I don't know how ready he's going to be in this game or if he ends up you know, just fitting right back into the system he already knows very well because it's still Bill Belichick's defense over there but I do think I like the New Orleans Saints in this one here I, I just I don't know if I can really buy into the Patriots offense right now I've been pretty down on them the first four weeks of the season picking against them fairly often and I've had some success with it to this point here and For what it's worth, with the offensive issues that the Saints have had, I don't think they've been as impressive as they should be, considering the amount of talent they have. I do think that their offense is in a better place than the Patriots, so I'm going to take the Saints 24-7, so a seven-score victory for them, one possession. I don't think it's going to be a massive blowout by any means, because the Patriots do still have a good defense, despite the injuries lost, but it remains to be seen just how good this defense is now that they're losing two key pieces. And now we dive into what is a really fun matchup every single year. One of my favorite games to watch, and I'm so happy it happens twice a year. We have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh at a Stadium. I hate that name. I still think it's Heinz Field and I miss the giant bottle of ketchup, but we have two teams right now, I think that are in very different places in terms of offense and That's a really good thing for the Ravens and a really bad thing for the Steelers right now. Najee Harris finally had himself a really good game last week. Unfortunately, the rest of the offense did not. And Matt Canada's head has been called for what feels like the entire season to this point here. And I'm very curious to see if we start seeing any actual changes for this offense, because right now it just... It's a cluster F, and it's not good to watch. It really is not. And you're coming into a game where you're going up against the Baltimore Ravens defense that is very dominant up front. They are top 10 when it comes to defensive rushing yards per game allowed at only 92. It puts them at 7th, and they are the third-best passing defense right now, despite injuries in the secondary that they've been dealing with through these first four weeks as the third-best passing defense in the NFL. There is a lot to be concerned about. And you couple that with the Ravens aren't even allowing 15 points a game. Best of luck to the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. I know it's in Pittsburgh, and these two teams play themselves really, really tough. But the Ravens' offense seems like it's finally starting to hit its stride. It's taken them a little bit longer, I think, to get adjusted to this new offense that they're running there. But I don't know if I can go with Pittsburgh. I mean, they just rank in the bottom 25 of, like, every statistical category, and it's just really hard for me to pick them. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I have them winning 26 to 20. I do think the contest will be close. It always is between these two teams. And maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers find a little bit of success early, especially if you have some really well-scripted plays at the beginning to get yourself, you know, a good opening drive and maybe an opening drive coming out of the second half. But I just don't know if I can pick the Steelers in this game here. So give me the Ravens. Moving into the late window now, we start diving into some of those 4 o'clock games, beginning with the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the LA Rams. This one's at 4.05, and this is going to be a fun matchup here because the Rams, despite being 2-2, two two, I think are playing better than their record. And if it was not for having to face the 49ers and what was a really tough loss for them, but a very tight loss, this team could be above 500, and they could be a legitimate NFC contender kind of team to talk about. However, they're sitting at 2-2, two and two, so I think they might be flying a little under the radar. However, this is the second best passing offense in the NFL. And on top of that, the Eagles, for what it's worth, I think their defense, not quite as good as it has been in years past, especially against defending the pass. I know you brought back pretty much the entire same unit. You did lose Javon Hargrave, who was a menace in the middle of that defense there, especially when it came to destroying the pocket from the interior. But they're 27th against the pass right now. But... They completely shut down the run and that has been kind of a little bit of a surprise plus for the Rams this season with uh, it's Kyron Williams. I almost said Kerwin Williams. Kyron Williams has been a little bit of a surprise for this team here. Not super dominant by any means, but somebody who I think is running the ball better than anyone really anticipated. And on top of that offensive line for the Rams definitely looks better than it did last year. However, when you look at just the dominance on the ground, the way the Eagles can control the football, control possessions, and while they they lead with the run, they're a top fifteen or a top twelve team because they're the twelfth team in terms of passing the football. They don't really turn the football over as well. They just play a really clean, efficient offense, even if it's not the prettiest. I think I'm giving the edge to Philadelphia as they head into LA here. They're t- they're four zero in general, two zero in away games. I don't really see why they can't come into LA, which is not necessarily a uh, a scary place to play as an away team. I think they get a good one, but I think it's a fun game to watch. I have the Eagles winning, but I have them winning only 28 to 23. So I think the Rams do put up a solid fight here, especially through the air. I think they can take advantage of some of the weaknesses that the secondary and linebacking groups have kind of shown here. And like I said, we haven't been getting as much pressure. I feel like from Phil. or not. I wouldn't say one. Of, I don't want to say pressure, but the Eagles haven't been finishing quite as aggressively as they were last year. So that is something to take note of, especially with Matthew Stafford. I mean, he did a really good job against the Colts defense last year or last game excuse me that the colts have had strong success both bringing the quarterback down and just creating pressure this year he's one of the best when it comes to dealing with the blitz and just dealing in the face of pressure as a whole i could see this game being a fun one moving into our next game we are looking at the cincinnati Bengals taking on the arizona cardinals this one being in arizona we have the Bengals who are coming off of a really bad loss to the tennessee titans and still have yet to score a touchdown in the first half of any game this season whereas you have an arizona cardinals team that despite being three and one as well has at least been very competitive minus their game against the 49ers and even that game was kind of close up until the end where the fourth quarter they kind of let the floodgates open and fell apart towards the end against san fran but san fran's an excellent team in my opinion the best team in the nfl right now so can you really discredit them too much this is a matchup where. You feel like the Bengals should be able to come away with a victory simply just off of roster talent and coaching alone, but the way the Bengals have been playing, they are the 31st ranked team in points scored a game. They're averaging just over 12 a game. I believe twice now they've only had three points in a game. Arizona while they may not they might not be you know lighting the world up on fire they're middle of the pack with scoring they're getting about 22 points a game done it's the defense that's really just allowing a lot to get by them and it kind of makes sense when you look at just kind of the position they are in right now be it with injuries and just the roster personnel that they have and the amount of turnover they've had the last couple of years there but i think this is a game where if the cardinals can just maintain possession and even play just solid defense, I think they could upset in this game. And I know Bengals are favorites here, but I really, really think i like the Cardinals. And one thing that I'm really looking at here is the cardinals their bread and butter is really the run game joshua dobbs has been excellent with his legs and on top of that james connors looked really good offensive line has been able to do enough to allow this running game to flourish they're the sixth best rushing attack in the nfl and you're going up against the Bengals defense that has not been nearly as good i would say as it has been the last couple of seasons especially against the run when they're allowing nearly 160 yards a game I think there is a way for the Cardinals to win this game. It's going to be through the ground and just keeping the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands and making his life a little bit difficult. And for what it's worth, I didn't really expect a ton from the defensive front of the Arizona Cardinals, but they have been able to generate some pressure and get some sacks. I think I like Arizona. I can't believe I'm taking Arizona in in this one here, but the Bengals have just been letting me down. It feels like all season at this point. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I have them winning. I would say something along the lines of like 20 to 17. I think it's a uglier, tougher kind of contest here, but I think the Cardinals can get it done. This is one that I feel like I'll probably be wrong about, but there is a gut feeling that I have in the Arizona Cardinals picking up their second win of the season over the Cincinnati Bengals that are just in a really bad place right now and should honestly consider resting Joe Burrow this week and just letting him sit this week and through their bye week to give him a couple of weeks rest before working the stretch run of the season. Now we dive into the New York Jets taking on the Denver Broncos. I will say that this is not what I expected this game to be at all. We're talking two, one, and three teams where the Denver Broncos, coming into this season, were riding high with the Sean Payton hire. You had Aaron Rodgers set to be QB1 for the New York Jets, and now the Broncos have the probably worst defense in NFL history right now, going up against a Jets team that offensively has been pretty bad the whole season, minus the really strong showing, which was potentially like Zach Wilson's career best against a Chiefs defense. That's been very impressive at this point in the season. My biggest question for this game really is, does Sean Payton eat his words, and does Zach Wilson, and this is my second one, does Zach Wilson maybe build off of what, like I said, was quite possibly his best career game against a really good Chiefs defense last week. I'm assuming that maybe Aaron Rodgers gets himself on the sideline for this one here. I was happy to see him show up for last week's contest, although that one being in New York, maybe that was why. I don't know. Maybe we do see him come out to Denver for this game as well, but I think his presence on the sideline would be a big plus for the Jets team. That's kind of in like a must-win situation right now, and For a passing attack that is one of the worst in the NFL to this point through four weeks in the New York Jets going up against a Broncos defense that has let pretty much anyone do whatever they want be it through the air or on the ground. They're 31st in passing yards allowed. They're 32nd in rushing yards allowed at a whopping 176 a game. I mean, they're closing in on 200 yards. That's kind of crazy considering we're talking NFL teams here. But for a team that now is taking restrictions off of Brees Hall, Zach Wilson has some positive stuff buzzing around him coming off of a really good showing and a tough loss to the Chiefs that I know some people are chalking up to a DPI penalty that shouldn't have been called type of loss. I think the Jets get the win here. I think Sean Payton continues to eat more of his words and the Jets win 23 to 21. I think a tighter contest, uh, but I do think there's a possibility that the Jets maybe like rub some serious salt in the wounds of Denver and their defense just completely shuts down the Broncos offense. But for what it's worth, Russell Wilson has looked a lot better this season. So I do think that he can at least try to keep this game a little bit closer. Now we dive into the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings finally getting their first victory last week, but they are 0-2 at home, and you're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs team coming off of a really tight victory to the Jets that we were just talking about a second ago here. I feel like I say this every week with the Vikings. If they could just protect the football better, this is a team that could very easily be 2-2, two 3-1. Maybe even 4-0, but for whatever the reason is, they just can't seem to stop turning the ball over. Whether it's Kirk Cousins throwing some poor interceptions or just the fumble issues that they've kind of dealt with pretty much the entirety of the season right now, the Vikings just can't seem to get out of their own way, and it makes them a really unattractive choice for me when it comes to making picks here. Never mind the fact that you're going up against a Kansas City Chiefs team that is ninth in points per game scored. They're 5th in points per game allowed with only 15 a game. On top of that, they're top 10 in like all the numbers in terms of offensive statistics. And their defense is borderline top 10 to like top 12 in a ton of those same defensive statistics as well. There is so much to like about the Kansas City Chiefs in this game here. Never mind just with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the Taylor Swift circus they've got going on over there. I just have a hard time buying the Vikings in the state that they're in right now over the chiefs. I do think they could keep it a little bit closer. And for me, the scoreline, I do have the chiefs winning 24 to 20, like I said, I don't know if I can buy the Vikings, but I do think they could keep it close because they do have a pretty good offense. But this Chiefs defense is a pretty a good one and one that I think is surprising a lot of people this season. And for me, I kind of expected a leap from them. I didn't expect the leap to be this aggressive, but it's very fun to watch. And so I'm here for it. But I do think the Chiefs get the win 24 to 20. And uh, for you betters out there, something that I noticed with this one here, the over under sitting at a whopping 52 and a half. This kind of seems a little bit high for this matchup here. For what it's worth, I know that the Chiefs, you know, they're able to score a ton of points if given the opportunity. But the Vikings defensively have been a pretty solid unit. I don't want to say great, but they've been solid when they've had good games. I don't know how they're going to fare against the Chiefs offense, but the Chiefs have been prone to mistakes here or there. And I think that there is a good recipe here with how good the Chiefs defense is and maybe causing some issues for the Vikings and just the Chiefs continuing to deal with some inconsistencies, whether it's drops or just plays not getting the result that you would have expected or maybe got from Chiefs teams in years past offensively. I do think that that's kind of a high number. I could see it being a little bit lower, and my point total is 44. So just for what it's worth, take that what you will. And now we dive into the game of the week, Sunday Night Football. We have the Dallas Cowboys coming into Levi's Stadium to take on the San Francisco 49ers. We have the number one defense in points allowed per game at just 10 points per game allowed. The only game that they did not look good defensively was against that wild upset loss against the arizona cardinals a few weeks ago they're also averaging 31 points per game on offense so they've been able to score they've been able to shut teams down they're one of the top teams in the nfl in sacks i mean there's not many things you can't really say positively about this team except for maybe you could say that their like passing game is about middle of the road right now. That's about the most negative I think I could really get about the Dallas Cowboys. And they do tend to have a little bit of a weakness against defending the run. But for the most part, this is a very good Dallas Cowboys team. And then you have the San Francisco 49ers, a team that has yet to score less than 30 points In a game so far this season, they're averaging just under 15 points a game themselves. The defense has been extremely good at creating pressure and creating turnovers. The offense has been able to run the football. It's been able to throw the football, but they haven't really had to throw as much as necessary because they've been able to get leads and maintain leads in their running back room. Combined with Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Samuel, there's just so much to like over there. They're a really strong group from top to bottom. Both sides, I cannot say enough good things about the 49ers. I don't really think I have to because I think it's all been said to this point through four weeks. But I do think that this is the first real true test of the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think they've played a team as good as the Dallas Cowboys to this point. This is going to be one fun Sunday night football to watch, a game to watch. I really hope so because if this winds up being some wild blowout in one way or the other, I'd be very disappointed because I feel like we've had some games that are supposed to be really good matchups, a la like the Dolphins-Bills game last week that just turned into an absolute mess. I want to see some really good matchups turn out to be really good games. And this is one that I've had circled for a few weeks now. That being said, can Dallas's defense slow down the 49ers? Are the 49ers as good as everyone thinks they are? Me, personally, I'm leaning San Francisco. I do think the Dallas Cowboys hold the 49ers to their first game under 30 points, but I don't quite know if they're going to be able to put up enough points against what is a very stout and strong defense in San Francisco. I'm taking the 49ers 27-24. to Very fun victory, tight contest, whether it's just... The Cowboys come up a little too short. There Maybe it's a final drive to seal the game, whatever it may be. I think this will be a fun one here, but I am leaning San Francisco for the W. And then last but certainly not least, we are looking at the Green Bay Packers heading into Las Vegas to take on Josh McDaniels and his Las Vegas Patriots or Raiders, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I've got to say, this whole Josh McDaniel's experience has been going as poorly as I thought it was going to be in Las Vegas and I hate to say I told you so but I mean you're the worst team in turnover margin right now at minus nine a whopping minus nine and we are four games into the season that is a terrible number to have on top of that you're 25th in points per game scored. You're 24th in points per game allowed. You can't really run the football well. You are the worst rushing offense in the NFL. I guess I should double down on that. The passing game has been middling at best. Defensively, you can't stop the run. Uh, you can somewhat handle teams that are passing the football, but not always. It just kind of depends on who you're facing that week. Then you have the Green Bay Packers. Team that's 2-2. Two and two. One of those like mixed bag teams. You've gotten some good games. You've gotten some bad games from them. But the good news for Green Bay, in my opinion, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this one, Raiders fans, is they don't have Josh McDaniels as their head coach. And I think that enough gives the Packers a good shot at winning this game here. I don't think it's a runaway contest by any means because the Packers are dealing with some of their own issues offensively when it comes to just finishing drives. I would say like they're averaging 25 points per game, but I think a lot of that is in large part to their defense being pretty solid. Uh, but I do think the Green Bay Packers get the victory in this game here. 23-18, to 18, there are some injury concerns that I have regarding the Packers. They've been dealing with them for the last few weeks here. So hopefully some guys get healthier. Obviously, we're so far out from the game that I don't know anything regarding the injury ports for these teams right now. But I do think that Green Bay, with the two situations just kind of compared to one another, the Raiders seem like they're spiraling out of control more and more every single week. And I think we are getting closer and closer to a Josh McDaniels firing. And for the Raiders sake, I kind of hope so. And also I want to see Aiden O'Connell maybe take the reins. Uh, it's just kind of something I'm rooting for on the backside of things. So there is one thing I know is the game wasn't great for him last week, but I'm rooting for Aiden O'Connell Raiders, Raiders fans. So keep that in mind. And on top of that, I think that Green Bay just talent wise has a little bit more on the roster than the Raiders do. So Packers 28, 23 to 18, good victory for them. Not a runaway by any means. Uh, I don't think this will be a pretty game by any means either, unless like the Packers offense just really dominates a struggling Raiders D. I don't think it's a pretty game by either team, kind of a messy Monday night football game, which kind of seems to be the status quo. Like we got a really ugly one last week and I don't really think any Monday night football game has really blown me away to this point here. So probably another one of those messy Monday nighters, but those are my picks for week number five of the NFL. If you made it to the end of the video, again, please comment down below your picks, your thoughts on this week's games. How do these teams look matching up against each other? Let me know in those comments, but that is it for me. I appreciate you for watching. I will see you all next time. Have a good one.